Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. It's Thursday, May 16th. Your Los Angeles Dodgers aren't playing today. They have an off day. Off day. But the Dodgers begin an eight-game road trip starting in Cincinnati tomorrow on Friday. Right now, the Dodgers are 29-16 and 16 on the season. They got the best record in the National League. They're four and a half games ahead of Arizona. They're now six games ahead of San Diego. And then the Rockies and Giants looking pretty far back right now. Seven and a half and the Giants all the way in last place at nine and a half. I'm joined by a very special guest today. I got Dodger Twitter family member, John. What's up, John? Hey, Kevin. (laughs) This is John. Um, Of course, um, my Twitter handle, if you want to follow me, is at TheBigBadJohn. Not sure what my username at the moment is. I'm always changing that. But anyway, um, big Dodger fan here. Been thinking about um, doing a podcast myself. And um, I just figured this was a good way to test the waters and see how people receive um, my thoughts or whatever. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Definitely happy to have you on. So who's your favorite Dodgers player right now? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, let's see. I'm going to have to go with the versatile Kike Hernandez. Um, I know he's not doing much offensively at the moment, but <clears throat> you got to have his glove in there every day. Totally feel, feel you on that one. I got to go with Clayton Kershaw, though. Whenever he's on the mound, I'm always feeling good, and I like our chances. But the Dodgers just swept the Padres. Um, it was just a brief two-game series, but last night we got a 2 nothing shutout where Kenta Maeda, he threw six and two-thirds innings. This is now his second game in a row where he's thrown a shutout 
And last night he had 12 strikeouts. That's definitely a season high. He's now 5-2 and two on the season, and he's got a 3.51 ERA. What were you most impressed about, John, with Maeda last night? Just, uh, I think Oro was mentioning it, but his command was really good. Um, he was able to uh, put the slider where he wanted it, um, and his changeup, of course, that was um, And he was able to command all. Yeah, I totally. Think. Yeah. Totally agree. So, fun fact, Kent Maeda, he's actually the first Dodgers pitcher since Brad Penny back in 2007 to get 12 strikeouts, allow zero runs, and drive in at least two RBIs. And Kent Maeda is the first pitcher since 1920 to record at least 12 strikeouts in a game while driving in all of his team's runs, minimum of two runs scored. But we got a little news today that Kent Maeda is going to be heading to the DL, and I believe, John, you have the solution of who should take his spot. Yeah, I think uh, you got to look no further than uh, our roster. Uh, as he puts it, super utility pitcher. Um, in this case, patient. Um, Solid outings uh, earlier in the year with starter. He looked really good, um, and I'm hoping that he can be a good fill-in for my while he is uh, recovering. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And it looks like it's not confirmed yet, but according to the sources, Kyle Garlick is going to get the call up, and he's actually had quite a season right now in the minors. He's at batting 280. He's got 10 home runs, and he's a right-handed bat. And, I mean, the story on this guy is kind of impressive. He's 27. He's going to make his major league debut. He's from La Habra. He's worked his way. He was a high school standout. He had some injuries. He bounced back in college, got hurt again. He then moved closer to home to be with his mom. And it looks like his opportunity is finally coming, so that's really exciting. And Caleb Ferguson is believed to be activated as well. And are you a Ferguson guy? Uh, yeah, I really liked what I've seen from him uh, so far this year. Uh, he did struggle a little bit before going on the uh, injured list, but uh, I'm really looking forward to what we'll be getting from him this year and, of course, in the future. I think he'll be a big part of our <clears throat> rotation. Definitely could see that. The bullpen always needs guys to fill in, and Ferguson is definitely a starter naturally, so down the line he could be a key component in the Dodgers rotation. And the first game of this two-game series, we actually got a 6-3 win over the Padres. The guy that Padres were kind of hyping up to be their ace, Chris Paddock, ended up getting beat up by the Dodgers. He allowed six runs. Three of them were only earned. But... Despite all that, I kind of liked Chris Paddock's look going in. He had swag. He was dressed like a cowboy. I'm a little old school. I think if you're going to dress up like a cowboy, just it's the American dream to me. So Paddock representing Texas. And Jock Peterson, he hit his 100th career home run off Paddock. And then Bellinger followed that up with his 15th of the season. What about Peterson and Bellinger that are really standing out to you so far? 
Um, I like Be- Peterson's at bats against righties. Of course, he's struggling against lefties, but I mean, you're kind of used to, kind of kind of going <clears throat> with that with Jock. Um, I think that when Pollock comes back, maybe uh, uh, Verdugo gets the bulk of the starts in left. Um, well, while maybe <clears throat> Jock gets maybe one out of five games, but I, but he will be in there against righties. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I believe somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's off the bench or in a starting role. Totally, it was very impressive, Wayne. I just. Whenever we can sweep the Padres, it makes me feel good. But I got a little rant that I just got to get off my chest, and it's about Max Muncie. So I'm sure many of you heard it was Max Muncie bobblehead night on Wednesday, and Dave Roberts decided not to have him in the lineup. And at first glance, you might be like, okay, he's a lefty starter, and Muncie is a lefty bat. But if you do a little digging into the research... Matt Strom is a reverse splits pitcher, and it's not like a barely a thing. It's a major difference. Right-handed bats, they're only hitting 216 off Strom, while left-handed bats are batting 342 with an on-base percentage of over 400. And Muncie actually had homered off Strom in the past last season, and I mean, to make matters even worse, like I said, it was the bobblehead night. This is Muncy's first of his career. He had family in the stands, a player who like worked really hard to get where he is to be benched, and he got one at bat near the end of the game. But I know the Dodgers won 2 nothing, but it could have been a more lopsided score, and we kind of got lucky that the pitching did so well. Do you have any input on this situation? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you mentioned that Strom has reverse splits. Well, so does Max Muncy. He's actually hitting better against lefties <laughs> than he is righties. So I think that should be in there against lefties for sure. Yeah. I think he's a... betting like, uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I think it was like 250 against lefties and like two. 20 or something like that against righties. So, so <clears throat> he should for sure be in there against lefties. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we're going to move on to the last series. We'll touch on it really briefly. It was the Dodgers and Nationals. Ended up being a 2-2 split. Maybe should have been 3-1 Dodgers, but we'll take it, I guess. But how about Hunjin Ryu? He did not allow a hit until the eighth inning when Gerardo Parra he ended up breaking up that no-hitter. Always seems to be a thorn in the Dodgers' sides. But these are Rio's last three starts. He went eight innings against San Francisco, allowed just one run. He threw a complete game shutout against the Braves. And then in this last start against the Nationals, he went another eight innings, didn't allow a run. So that's 25 innings, allowing one earned run. He's now 5-1 and one on the season. He has a 172 ERA. 54 strikeouts in 52 innings, and he has a whip of .73. How impressed are you with Ryu on the season, John? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? The uh, <clears throat> audio cut out a little bit. So 
I just went over um, Hunjin Ryu's amazing last three starts where he's allowed basically one earned run in 25 innings. So how impressed are you with him? Well, I'm, I'm really impressed. I mean, um, just to kind of go on a, on a little tangent, um, I didn't really start, but from what I've heard, um, Ryu's 2013 rookie season, um, it's last year and this year has, um, from what I know, um, been a lot, uh, been really similar to his 2013 rookie season. And I feel like this is the picture that he got. He's healthy now. So I think going forward. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been surprised with how Ryu's doing this season. I did not see it coming. I mean, you could make the case that he's the ace of the staff at the moment. He's he's definitely an all-star at this point. And if he just keeps pitching like this, he's going to be a Cy Young candidate. Oh, he, he's got to win the Cy Young if he keeps this up. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, that was a 2-2 split with the Nats. Talked about the pitchers in the last podcast. We had a little drama earlier this week with Julio Urias, where he was arrested Monday night. People thought he pushed a female companion. Now the latest TMZ report is basically stating it wasn't all that serious. He may have grabbed her during an argument, and everyone's cooperating. Both parties agree it was nothing very serious. I mean... I will never support someone laying a hand, ha- their hands on a woman. But I feel like the whole situation was initially overblown, where people were calling for Urias's job. There was some serious slander going on. And I'm not going to feel bad for him because it was all his fault. But I'm at least glad that we're probably not going to get to that point where Urias's job is on the line. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, I read, uh, so a very prominent per- person in, um, Dodgers Twitter, uh, Dodgers Randy mentioned something about, uh, him maybe getting counsel- counseling. And I think that, uh, if, if he does need the help, then he should for sure get counseling. Um, I, I mean... But of course, I'd like to see him uh, uh, do well and um, um, if, but I would like to see him um, get help if needed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if he has some anger issues, got to take care of that because there's just too much promising talent for him to throw it all away. But... Mm-hmm. We had a little chat the other day, and we're going to address it now. I heard uh, you think I'm wrong about Joe Kelly. What do you got to say about that? I think, yeah, I think I'm going to stand by that forever. I mean, um, Joe Kelly has a really good track record, and um, I mean, it's, um, and I see a lot of Pedro, I see a lot of 17 Pedro Baez, 
I think confidence is key with Kelly. Once he has confidence, he's going to be really dominant. That's that's my thoughts on the subject. Nice. So, give you a situation. It's a 5-3 ball game. Fires is unavailable. Kenley's unavailable. The only guy available is these three options. Joe Kelly, a trash can, or one of those batting machine or bat- yeah, batting pitching machines that you get in a batting cage. How would you rank those in the order of what you want to see come out there? So my options are Joe Kelly, a trash can, or a pitching machine. That's correct. I think I'd for sure like to see Kelly first, Kelly second, and Kelly third. Okay. Well, right now, Joe Kelly's fastball is not really getting a lot of swing and misses. I think it's something embarrassing low, like 7%. So I think I'm going to trust the pitching machine first. I think it could get some soft contact. Then I got to decide between a trash can or Joe Kelly. It's pretty close, but uh, I think I got to go with the trash can because it could catch the ball. And then Joe Kelly, if worst case scenario. Just I'm not a believer in him. I hope he proves me wrong, obviously, because he's on the Dodgers, but I just don't have a good history with that guy. Every time I see him pitch, I just think of that time he broke Hanley's rib on purpose, and it just makes me a little mad. But um, yeah, any- um, <laughs> I, I will say right now that I bet <clears throat> down the stretch he will prove you wrong. Um, in important games like September, I think he's going to have, I think my, my prediction is he's going to post uh, below two ERA in September. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. I, I hope for um, right. everyone's sake that you're right because we need it. So we're going to move on. We got some upcoming baseball games to talk about, and it's going to start with the Dodgers going to Cincinnati to take on the Reds. And right now the Reds, they actually won today against the Cubs, so they improved their record to 20-24 and 24 on the season, but they're last place in their division. And I got to give you some stats real quick because this is probably why they're in the last place. They have a team batting average of 216 entering today. Um, guess what? That's 30th in baseball. And if you remember who the Reds' hitting coach is, it's Turner Ward. And he was the Dodgers' hitting coach the last three seasons. And just another reason why I was right about Turner Ward sucking. So now he can rot in Cincinnati because clearly the Reds can't hit a baseball to save their life. And um, they're actually averaging 4.13 runs a game. That's 22nd in baseball, so that's not too shabby. But here's where it gets interesting. They have the second-best team ERA in Major League Baseball right now, 335. Who would have thought the Reds had such a good pitching staff? And while the Dodgers, they've actually moved to fourth now, they're 351. Um, John, what do you think about that? Any of that that I just said? I think. Um, so to add on uh, about Turner Ward, um, 
just kind of a quick question. Do you know what their average with runners in scoring position is off the top of your head? Or I do not. That was something I wanted to find, but I couldn't get it right away. Well, I, I would guess it's low because um, if you look at the Dodgers in 17 and 18, their average with runners in scoring position was low, and Turner Ward was the hitting coach then, yeah. so maybe there's some causation some and uh i'm actually shocked to hear you say that um the uh starting pitching year or the uh pitching staff era is so good i yeah for sure did not expect that i know um i'll get to the starters in a moment but just want to talk about a few a few spotlight hitters let's start with the the one everyone knows yasiel puig uh, off to a little slow start, heating up a little bit, I guess you could say. He's up to 212 batting average. He's got seven home runs, 25 RBIs, and he's got seven stolen bases. Were you a Puig guy, John? You, you a Yasiel Puig fanatic? Um, I really liked him when he was in LA, but some of his comments, some of his farting comments, were kind of annoying to me. So I'm. I'm a little over it. How about you, Kevin? Well, I felt like I was on an island for a long time, but I had been saying for years that Yasiel Puig is vastly overrated. And a lot of it has to do with just his overall focus. I never liked his plate approaches. It seemed like more oftentimes than not that he was just looking for the flashy home run. He didn't always have the best heads-up defense. He was missing cutoff guys. Seemed like he's more concerned about showing off his arm. And then just a lot of clubhouse drama that can't, it's not all confirmed whether it's true or false, but it's just so, it's a lot of baggage. And when he got traded, I was kind of thrilled. I feel like Jeter Downs and I think it's Josiah Gray, they might end up being two great assets that we didn't see coming. But um, other spotlight hitters, real quick. They got their third baseman, Eugenio Suarez, 252 batter, and he's got 12 home runs. He's kind of that, kind of reminds me of Anthony Rendon in a way, and maybe Justin Turner, where he's just like a right-handed bat that is able to put the ball in play, put some power. And another guy that I want all Dodger fans to keep track of from this series and moving forward is Nick Senzel. Uh, Senzel is the number one prospect in the red system, and he's considered, I believe, in the top five in all of Major League Baseball. He's only played 12 games so far, but he already has three home runs and another right-handed bat that could uh, give some trouble in the future. Uh, are there any other batters that you wanted to talk about for the Reds that off the top of your head? Tell you who really intrigues me and that's um their relief pitcher michael lorenzen who uh oh. has a little bit of a bat himself yeah that's true he can he can hit i've um, definitely seen that i'm i'm not sure what his stats are this year but i'd be interested to see if they maybe put him in the outfield or something for a game or <laughs> whatever totally i know they got a. Uh... Former Dodger, Jose Peraza. Not the greatest contact hitter, 
but occasionally he'll sneak a home run past you. And then Joey Votto, who great guy and good eye, but the power just seems to be gone. He just, every year it's going down and down. I mean, for the first time ever in his career, and I think it was against the Dodgers, he uh, popped out to the first baseman. That was a pretty crazy stat. And uh, other than that, I mean, Scooter Jeanette's on the DL. Don't got to worry about him. He was a major Dodger killer. And they've kind of given up on Shebler and Jesse Winker. He's, a, he's an okay lefty, but I think we're going to be able to handle these Reds. So the pitching matchups, Rich Hill on Friday, taking on Andrew Descalfani, who's 2-1 and one on the season with a 417 ERA. And then Saturday, we got Walker Bueller versus Tyler Malley, who's 0-5. He's got a 397 ERA. And then last matchup is Hunjin Ryu versus Tanner Roark, who's 3-2 with a 350 ERA. So all these starters, they got pretty respectable ERAs. So even though Cincinnati's a major hitter's ballpark, uh, do, what do you think we should expect from the Dodgers offense in this series? Uh, I I think we should expect it to do really well. Uh, you know, Bellinger's going to be a really big part. Um, Verdugo's going to do really well. Um, I think, I feel like Kike Hernandez might out of his little slump here in Cincinnati. Uh, just a feeling I have. Uh, and then I think Corey Seager's going to stay hot as oh, yeah. well. Uh, yeah yeah definitely some good points uh like the fact that Seager's starting to heat up he's obviously an all-star when healthy and a major force in the Dodgers lineup and yeah Kike Hernandez heating up would be nice he definitely gets the opportunities and he'll he'll um he'll get a lot of good hits obviously sometimes he gets in some big slumps so I think he's due for a hot series against the Reds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, last time the Dodgers faced the Reds was in L.A. and they swept them pretty much no problem. We don't get to face Alex Wood, who's no good. So I'm a little bummed about that because I like to tweet just Alex Wood is no good. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, not much else to talk about the Reds unless you have any other – Things you want to say? Uh, just real quick um, about Vado. I mean, his power his power may be down now, but he, he is always a hitter you got to watch out for. So uh, for sure, don't count him out. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, after the Red Series, they're gonna have a little fun interleague matchup. Only two games, but it's the Tampa Bay Rays. And right now the Rays are first place in the American League East. They're 26 and 15. And they've scored 185 runs. But, I mean, that's not the highest, obviously. But here's where they're really winning those games. They have a league best 123 runs allowed. And that computes to a team ERA of 282. Yeah, 282. And, I mean, that's 
first in baseball by a pretty respectable margin. And I mean, one of the reasons why is because they use an opener and some people don't like the opener. I personally love the opener because it's a way of getting the top of the order for sure out. Most likely. I mean, obviously it's not a guarantee, but it's more likely when a pitcher's coming in just to get those three to six outs and it, it allows a little less stress on the long reliever coming in and it's worked. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the Rays pitching? They're not going to face Blake Snell or Charlie Morton, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the concept of the opener is really interesting. Um, and of course the Rays use that a lot. Do you know if they're going to be using that in the Dodgers series at all? Or are they going to go with their normal starters? I'm going to say for sure one of those games they will use an opener and it will probably be Ryan Stanek. He seems to be a guy that they use a lot and some of the guys that I could see being the long reliever would be then either Jalen Beeks or Chirinos or Yarborough. Those are three guys they usually bring out of the bullpen. I mean, their top two guys, as mentioned, are Snell. He won the Cy Young. And then Charlie Morton, who was on the Astros. So they're actually pitching a couple days before. So I know we're good unless they get pushed forward. But yeah, I think there's a very strong chance we're going to see an opener and that's something I don't think the Dodgers have experienced yet. So that'll be interesting. I, d- I do know that um, in a game last year, we used an opener, but I don't think we've ever been opened against. Yeah, I mean, the only examples I could think of are against the Brewers, but it wasn't that, it wasn't that real. Like, I mean, they had Wade Miley come in to face one batter, but... Don't really count that. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count. And then, yeah, they use Gio Gonzalez for like two innings, but he's a starter by trait, so he doesn't have the same gas like Stanek. But yeah, I think this will be like the first opportunity the Dodgers face an opener. And I mean, this could be a World Series matchup for the Dodgers. Can't count off the Rays right now. They got some guys that are really slugging the ball, like Austin Meadows, Avisel Garcia. They got this guy, last name Choi, not Hesop Choi. Don't got to worry about him. And then Brandon Lowe. This team isn't like a power team, but they just put the ball in play and they're scoring runs the good old-fashioned way. Yeah, they'll, uh, they'll get their hits and um, probably drive runs in as well. Yeah. So MLB tweeted was one of those MLB Twitter websites. I can't remember the one off the top of my head, but it basically showed uh, the Dodgers versus the Astros in a rematch because both these teams have the best records in their respective leagues. Um, if there was a Dodgers-Astros rematch, are you ready? Yeah, uh, um, I think I would be. Uh, I think we're a better team than we were in 17. Um I think if our catchers can be good offensively, then um, I know that that's not the only reason we've lost the World Series, but it has been a part of it. And I think if 
our offense can hit with runners in scoring position as well, then I think we got a good chance. And uh, if it happens to be the Astros, then maybe even a little sweeter of a victory. Got to agree. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all I got to talk about on today's podcast. Is there any final thoughts you have, John? Um, uh, just a little. Um, you mentioned that Rich Hill's pitching um, tomorrow, I believe it was. And today yeah. I actually um, – a, a jersey of his just arrived. Um, I'm sure most podcast viewers won't be able to see it. <laughs> I mean, of course, because it's a podcast, but <clears throat> here it is. Pretty Very sweet. Nice. Um, so uh, I'll for sure be wearing that tomorrow. And, uh, maybe Rachel special game. Yeah, it would be very awesome for Rachel to get his first win of the season. I think he's due for it. He's been struggling in the first inning, but, you know, he's – Definitely going to turn it around. I definitely believe well, that. That's uh, pretty well. All right. That's all I have. Awesome. Um, I'm really glad we were able to get John on today. He provided amazing analysis and would love to have him on again in the future. Let's, let's see the Dodgers get an I awesome. I really, really loved uh... – oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you loved it too. And got an eight-game road trip coming up. So let's hope the Dodgers can win that road trip. Go Dodgers. Yeah, go Dodgers. Thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. It was uh, pretty great. All right. Well, we'll talk off the air and uh, tweet each other. And, yeah, we encourage all of you to follow us on Twitter. Uh, mine's Klein25, like the underwear, and John said his earlier. So thank you for tuning in, and that's the incline for this week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.